Welcome to the on-air home for the Brotherhood of Hunters. Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Hunt Life. Take aim. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Logman along with the, uh, the, the the whole trio of yes. the gang here. Myself, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. And uh, we're all in studio because uh, we are all outdoorsmen. Uh, we're all fishermen, hunters, uh, and we love the outdoors and we really appreciate what others do in the outdoors. And, and some people take it to extremes. Yeah, I some people are crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we're, we're big fans of watching things that come on television such as... Uh, the Deadliest Catch, one of our favorite shows. I, I love watching Discovery Channel, different series they had, The Dual Survivor. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, things like that. Uh, Swords, Life on the Line. Just because, I mean, these guys are outdoorsmen. Uh, you appreciate what they're doing. Right. You appreciate where they're at. And our number one show, and we, and we are, we're like women with soap operas. Uh, when it comes Speak to deadliest for catch, women, women, women. yeah, wow. you are. I, I'm kind really, of for that. I, I mean, dude, I'm a deadliest wait, catch you, guy, but yeah, damn. that's what I'm being. You're like a woman when it comes to <laughs> days of our lives. Okay. Stop lying. All right. And our listeners are big fans. Yeah, we, uh, we we have listeners call in and talk about just the deadliest catch all the time for years. Yeah, for years. Yeah. And and, and we finally have uh, one of the main featured guests of the show, Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit. Let's welcome him. In. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, guys. Man, thanks for uh, for taking the time. As uh, we know that you're kind of on tour, I guess you could say. You guys have a uh, what is it called? A, a, a captain's tour 2011. I guess you're on right now. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it's uh, my brother Jonathan and Sig Hansen. So we're Man. having a good time. We're traveling around Florida, and uh, I don't know. I ended up losing my voice or got a cold or something, but uh, I'm feeling good. Well, well, thanks for taking the time. And, and this time of year, you know, you guys. You know, obviously the crab season is not done, but we're all enjoying the the show, the deadliest catch. And now you guys are right in the middle of Ophelio season, and uh, we love the show. We watched it from the very beginning, and all of our good friends watched the show. We really, I mean, I, we just are baffled at at what you guys were able to put on camera from the very beginning because we couldn't believe that you guys worked in conditions like that. I mean, that's crazy. Oh yeah, well they they really haven't captured the worst that we've been in, but this year Opelio season they finally got some pretty good footage, uh, you know, because the chase boat has actually stayed out. They got this boat that comes around and follows us, but uh, usually uh, over the years they've always ran for cover when it blew over forty. So uh, <laughs> this year it was brutal. We we usually have a storm, then we have two days off, you know, or something like that from you know to blow twenty five thirty or something. But uh, this year it was just boom, boom, boom. Just storm after storm, and then it got cold, and then it was just huge seas, 60, 70-foot foot seas, you know. And, and this year is what, season season seven. six? Season this, seven. Oh, seven. season seven this seven. year. Uh, are you guys amazed at where it's you know started and where it is now? I mean, you guys are on tour. <laughs> oh, yeah, for crying out loud. That, uh, you know, even if you just look at the first season, the way that it was filmed, Compared to the way they film it now, I mean, it looks almost like surreal to me with the way they show the waves kind of slow down and, and they hit you in the face. But uh, 
it's just amazing how the show's taken off. It's in 170 countries, and I speak like 30 languages. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see like it in now, Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the the cool thing is, is that uh, gosh, when this thing first hit the air, and I think it was the first episode that I ever saw. Uh, it wasn't the deadliest catch yet. It was just uh, a, a special on the deadliest right. job in America that showed, you know, guys doing crabbing and the Bering Sea. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so uh, we, you know, we had this syndicated show here, and we talk a lot of hunting, obviously. And it worked out well because, I mean, you're a hunter. Uh, you're an oh, outdoorsman. Yeah. You, I mean, you grew up in Alaska at an early age. And so we get to talk not only the deadliest catch, but we can talk a little hunting with you. Oh yeah, yeah. My biggest moose I've ever shot was seventy-two inch bull. Wow! So that was that was an amazing thing. It was my first moose I ever shot too. Holy so. cow! That's that's yeah. unbelievable. Hey Andy, I, I, go back to the um, the follow boat. I'm just kind of curious because, like you said, this year and, and even my wife was like, you know, what boat is that out there? Because the shots that they have this year are are amazing. How big is that boat? How big is well, the chase uh, boat? The, the, the chase boat this year was only 100 feet long or 106 feet long. So oh. He's actually smaller than us. And, you know, Sig was out there in that really rough weather where he yelled, get down. But, yeah. Uh, he was in rougher weather than that. And the guy was icing up. For, uh, he would uh, chip ice for 12 hours. And he would run towards Sig for four hours. But then he'd have to chip ice for 12 hours. He was almost sinking. So he was in survival mode. And uh, Sig's going, get over here. Get over here. This is amazing. And the guy's going. The guy's going. Man, I'm just trying to survive, dude. <laughs> no, who is who's the captain of the chase boat this year? Uh, gosh, his name was Blake, I believe. Boy, he's going to kill me if I get it wrong. But I think it's Blake, and he's the new young kid, and uh, he did a good job because, like I said, most of the other guys would go in, um, you know, in a blue over forty, so they would get you know twenty foot seas and stuff like that. But this guy, he stayed out there, and it was just wicked. It, he actually had a uh, one of his crew had a broken collarbone, and they still stayed out there. So wow, wow. <laughs> It, it's got to be funny watching cameramen every year yeah. get on the boat. I mean, these guys, I mean, they're, they're not seamen. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you got you got to be standing there drawing lots going, oh, I well, bet he gets sick well, in the hey, first yeah, hour. Yeah, you gotta you got to protect them, you know. It's, I mean, cause, because if they die, it's the same as having another guy die in the boat. And now that now not only that, are they like a greenhorn, they got one eye and a viewfinder yeah. walking around on deck, and there's pods swinging all around them, and they think it's just, oh, it, it, nothing will happen to me. These guys will protect me. I'm like, no, you don't get it. People die all the time, dude. Yeah. You can't put your back to a 30-foot wave and say it's all right. Ke- right. Kevin, you know, across the table from me, he's got a uh, an outdoor show and does a lot of offshore uh, filming. How in the world do they not get just so seasick yeah. looking through a viewfinder? I mean, it's bad enough to, to take, you know, 30, 40-foot seas, but then they got to look through a, through a viewfinder. Oh, no, yeah. When they put that eye in that viewfinder, they uh, puke all the time. I mean, they puke for the first three days. I can we have associations for them. We put their name in their puke and <laughs> you know, take a stick and draw it in there for them. You oh. give them, like, a ceremonial bottle with, like, a piece of paper and a pen. You want to go ahead and write your note now? Yeah, well, they're, they're you know, these guys are pretty much the top of the top of the, uh, you know, uh, film guys. So, it's you know, they try to prepare them as much as they can, but a lot of times there's just nothing they can do. But in the end, these guys have filmed, you know, they've been shot at, they've been jumping out of airplanes. And so they're pretty A-type personality guys, too. It's uh, They're um, they're pretty amazing. But, it, you know, a lot of times we get a bunch of dinglings, you know, and they, they try to throw a new camera guy on all the time to where we don't we don't become, you know, used to them. And they think, they think if the camera guy knows us, he won't film the bad part of the story about us if we fall asleep or something. But that's just not the case because they're, you know, they're, they want their story bad. 
Right. Well, and and and, and the, the the fun part about Deadly's catch to me is now because it's become more of a they've got more into into you guys. Uh, yeah, the family aspect. Yeah, the, the family aspect, the boat aspect, and at the beginning it was more about the job, I think, and now it's gotten into the personalities. And I know last uh, off season, I well, I guess the off season for when the show wasn't airing, everybody this past summer was going. Oh man, uh, we're hearing some rumblings that uh, you know the Time Bandit and is having some issues with Discovery Channel. They may not be back. Uh, we hope you guys got it all worked out where we're going to keep seeing you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we 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 got it all worked out. We're a big happy family now again. So uh, we'll be back uh, this next year for sure. And then they have you know the option for two more years. So the the neat thing is is that in the last two weeks, uh, I there's kind of preparations for. Uh, the event that you guys have here in town, and then also hoping to get one of you guys on. I read Sig's book, and I'm probably, I guess, seven-tenths of the way through the Time Bandit book. Uh, I, it's great. I'm enjoying reading it. Both, both you and Jonathan, your brother, the both captains of the Time Bandit, uh, I'm enjoying reading the book. Man, you guys did a great job with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Sig said his book is more of a history. I, you know, <laughs> that guy, we love him. Uh, he, he got this book out, and we gave him a copy of our book, you know, sign it for him. Love you, brother. <laughs> I get, I get <laughs> nothing from him. So I haven't, even, I haven't even got to read his book, and he goes, go buy it, you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I gave you mine. You like, uh, yeah. So do you have do you have a bet on, on who's going to sell the most copies? Because, you know, I, I go back to one of the earlier seasons, and you guys had a $100 bet for the for the highest average per pot. In the last one, one I saw was $1,000. I think it was, well, it was 100 bucks. the one yeah. that I just read in the book. Did yeah. you guys have a little side bet on who would sell the most books? Um, well, you know, we didn't know that Sid could even write, so uh, <laughs> you know, we thought we'd do it in that one, but I think he's actually got his feet there. We don't. He doesn't really know. I mean, that's the that's the big illusion. Everybody thinks that we're really rich off of writing books, and uh and that we're really rich off the show, and we we made about five grand off our book. <laughs> so it's just, uh, you know, you live and learn, though. It's uh, When we first got into this, I was fishing 25 years before I even got on a TV show, and, uh, you know, everybody promises you the world, oh, you're a millionaire, you're a millionaire, and uh, I've yet to see it. But it's been a great experience. I, I wouldn't change it for nothing because we've got to do the coolest things. We have to go meet the coolest people, you know, so it's pretty darn awesome. Hey, Andy, I, I had a question for you because, you know, when, whenever you, you know you watch TV, we get confused sometimes about the the length of time for each season, and and how how long are you actually on the boat for the entire year? Um, well, I used to be on the boat ten months out of the year because I ran it for tendering wow. and everything. You know, so um, I've been married twenty six years, but it really it's only thirteen. Right. So, um, but uh, no, for for the crabbing, it's about two months out of the year right now. It used to be four months for Opelio and about. Uh, Three to four months for uh, king crabs. We used to have like you know that St. Matthew blue crab season that yeah. used to be in September, and that's why the crab were all schooled up then. That's why it's harder to catch them now in, uh, in um, October and stuff when they tell us we can fish them. So you know like that's why me and John actually were co-captains because you know we wanted to be home at least some part of the time to see our families and uh, so that's why we're co-captains and all that. Huh. One of the things that I, I and shift gears one more time that I have appreciated by watching the show is the practical jokes that you and your brother are so <laughs> fond of playing, and and I think some yeah. of those things have been hilarious. The truck, the truck was classic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I just you know we kid around with each other sometimes. Ke- Kevin and I are both charter boat captains, and we'll play little tricks on each other every once in a blue moon. Some mm-hmm. of the other guys will do that with us, 
and you know, like, you know, throw a dead fish someplace and you're like, God, something stinks around there. And you go, well, you need to take a bath or something, brother. <laughs> you know? Are you taking a bath before you go to work in the morning? And, and the truck was just an inspiration to practical jokes. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, it's, we never really think, oh, let's do this, do that, except for the, the Chinese lanterns. We, we had to, we had to get them, but the truck was just, that was to us. great too, by yeah, the way. Oh, yeah, man. He really, I mean, you can, you can see this year I've seen Sig panicking twice. Oh, he and, must, he must be a big, uh, a sci-fi guy. Oh, I don't know, man, but he was just, he couldn't understand why all these lights were there. He thought it was a big freighter and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, we what is stuck that? Right. What is that? Aliens? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, it looks like aliens. You know, when you, when you see these lights and they're out in the sky and there, and there's 40 of them to a hundred of them, um, and it just was amazing. And, the weather laid right down. We snuck in underneath. All of our lights were off. We were within a quarter mile of him. He was just actually panicking because he thought he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of pranks you guys don't see, and that's what we talk about at the show. Lots of stuff people don't see. It's like, you know, so we stole all the cigarettes one time off his boat. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, so then Norman came over and took industrial food coloring dye and put blue dye in our tank, our fresh water. So no we way. had blue. Yeah, yeah. So Jonathan turned blue until he, he <laughs> so looked like Smurfs. Like oh, yeah, Smurfs? Smurf, yeah. <laughs> uh, and folks, we're, we're actually talking with the uh, one of the co-captains of the Time Bandit boat of Deadliest Catch fame. And uh, we've got Captain Andy Hillstrand with us here live with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And we're going to take a quick break here, Andy. We come back. We want to hear more stories. Absolutely. And, and folks, if you want to hear even more stories, uh, check out their schedule. Go to timebandit.tv because they've got upcoming events at a place near you where they have a night with the captains, uh, an evening with the captains, and you can hear more. And we'll be back right here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, Captain Kirk Waltz, and then also our special guest, Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit. Connections. That's what life is really all about. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. At HuntLife.com, we've created a place for you to connect with those who share your passion for the hunting experience. With a free HuntLife.com membership, you'll be able to swap stories, information, and insight with hunters from all over the world. You'll find useful information on equipment, outfitters, and all the regs and red tape for your neck of the woods. At HuntLife.com, you can even keep a journal of your hunt straight from your mobile device and upload pictures of your latest and greatest hunting experiences. You can even flip on the radio and hear the latest episode of the Hunt Life Outdoor Show while you browse through all the great stuff we've got in the Hunt Life shop. Hats, shirts, decals, and more. Become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And join the online fraternity of hunters. Connect with us at HuntLife.com. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup infinity from Mossy Oak, it's not a passion, it's an obsession. There was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. 
I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And welcome back with me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Faber, Kirk Waltz, all here for the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Our special guest today, Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit Boat of Deadliest Catch fame. And they're right now in the middle of the Captain's Tour, and it's a series of events out of town near you. You can find out their schedule. Just go to timebandit.tv and find out where they're coming to a town near you, and you can hear the stories that you don't get to see on the air. Yeah, Andy. I, I have to ask you this question because uh, I was watching an episode the other night with my wife. You know, we got everything recorded, and there was an episode where the wizard was having really bad luck, <laughs> and, and they were going through the boat, and they came up with half of your guitar, and they showed a little scene because I, I know you're into country music. I've listened to your songs, and, and, and I know you're getting ready to go on with Toby Keith and stuff, which is very cool, but... And and they showed a scene. You were singing in a bar, and, and all of a sudden there was a little, a little a tussle a tussle there between the wizard boat uh, and the time bandit. And and dude, how did they? First off, did you smash it over somebody's head? How did they come up with half of your guitar? Well, you know, here's the deal. Yeah, you know, I went to the bar and I was playing the songs for everybody. It was just after Phil passed away, so and it was the day before the king crab season. Uh-huh. So, you know, um, Stig had actually messed with those guys, Monty, the night before, and he told them that he's not going to go back on the show, you know, unless these guys just get paid a, you know, a buttload of money. And uh, so, he, you know, he was just messing with Monty. And uh, so Mont- and then we got signed the next day to come back on the show. So uh, we were at the bar, and Monty was sitting there pretty upset about that, I guess, or something. And uh, he had a few drinks, and uh, they closed the bar down. And I walked outside, and he called me a, a explicative, and I called him an explicative. And next thing I know, he tried to punch me in the face. Ooh. So I blocked it with my guitar, and his, his knuckles blew wide open. And then the next thing I know, uh, he's coming at me again, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I my guitar hit him back. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then... Uh, I hate that, when they uh, do that. Yeah, then uh, another guy jumped me from the wizard, uh, and I that's when the neck flew out of my hand. <laughs> and uh, and then Keith choked <laughs> me from behind, so... Uh, so uh, then the cops were there and broke it up. But, I mean, you know, we're blowing off steam. But uh, it was just like I didn't want nobody to go to jail. And so we just all just called it good. And the next day I went over to their boat and I said, you know what, do we have a problem? Because I'm not one for, like, conflict. You know, if it's right. going to happen, let's just do it. And uh, so the, Monty said he was being an a-hole. And, uh, you know, sorry about that. And, uh, <laughs> we all just went fishing. Yeah, I, I kind of find it uh, funny sometimes because, you know, the, you can tell that there's a little bit of a rub between – uh the wizard captain uh and keith and and uh, and your brother uh even when you watch the show on discovery after the catch that show uh when sitting around the table there's always like a gap and a half between jonathan and keith and you you can tell that that's real well and withstanding the fact that down around the uh, campfire that night yeah there was a little pushing match and your brother put the chili wop on keith (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. He always, I, I loved how he came up saying sucker punch when he was just standing right in front of him. But Yeah, uh, I couldn't get that you know. part. Yeah, yeah, we don't either. But, no, it's just like, um, you know, we don't go looking for trouble. We just want to be left alone. And uh, and we thought we we thought we had it all worked out last year. And then we heard Keith saying that our daddy gave us the boat and all that kind of junk. And, 
we're, I just asked him this year. I said, "Why do you got to do that, man?" I go, "Why don't you just worry about Keith and, uh, and all that stuff?" But uh, we found out that just a little bit ago, he was at a Crown Royal event that he was being sponsored by, and he got into some words with the tourist. And he walked outside with the guy to go beat his butt or something, and the guy knocked him out with one punch and sent him to the hospital. Yeah, Keith needs this. Not just the old strands, right? You mentioned Keith had said something about, "Oh well, your daddy gave you the boat." And in the book, that you you guys actually explained that you and Jonathan and your brothers actually helped build that boat. Yeah, you know, when, when we worked with our dad, our dad was a screamer. I mean, you could do nothing right with that guy. But, you know, God love him. But uh, so in 91, when we decided to build this boat, he said, okay, I'll help you out, you hot shots. And he had five boys involved in that boat when we first built it. We have five brothers total. And so we we started, we built that boat in nine months, and we had our hands on every piece of equipment on that boat, cleaning out tanks and stuff, and uh, started out in debt at $1.9 million. And so uh, he goes, there's no way you'll ever make it. And uh, and uh, so lo and behold, uh, you know, he thought he was going to get the boat back and then he was going to have us underneath the sun again. But we uh, pulled it off, and, uh, and and by the time it's all said and done, we paid $3.2 bucks for the boat because, you know, we had to buy out two brothers. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty proud of what we've done. And my, my old man was proud of us too. So it, we take uh, umbrage to anybody say we are given anything in our lives because that's not the way it was, you know. Now, I, you know, you got your brother, uh, Neil, and Scott, and what's the fifth brother's name? Well, actually, Scotty's actually uh, Jonathan's son. He's our nephew. But we had okay. brother Neil, and then uh, I had a brother Mike, and I had brother Dave. Okay, and, and then so Scotty works on the boat with you and Neil, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil owns a third of the boat, me and Jonathan on the other, you know, thirds. Now, is your dad, does he still fish? No, my dad's passed away. He's been gone for nine years. I'm sorry. Crazy. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, he just, uh, he got pneumonia and stuff. He died at 62. Um, the, th- the coolest thing about Sig Hansen and those guys is when, when we didn't really know Sig before we got on the show as much, yeah, but everybody knew Phil. And uh, his dad died at 62. Sig's only, like, three years younger than me. And, uh, you know, er- all the parallels were exactly the same, you know, as how we were brought up. And then, uh, you know, his name's uh, Sigurd Jonathan Hills, you know, uh, Hansen and, uh, we had a great grandfather named Sigurd because we're Swedish and he's Norwegian. And man, he's got the three brothers that are on the boat. We got three brothers that are on the boat, so hmm. it's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, at the very beginning of the book, Time Bandit, that uh, that you and Jonathan put out, you guys had a had a. Or John, I think it was uh, Jonathan had a quote, and he talks about the type of people that you guys get to work on the boat uh, because of the the dangerous conditions that you guys work in. And I thought, and I can't remember the exact quote, but he talked about, hey, you know, when your life could be over at a, at a moment's instant, he said, you get people that sometimes aren't the most well-adjusted in society. Uh, <laughs> that's got to be different, you know, every year if you got to replace a crew member. Yeah, that's why we've been pretty lucky to keep the same crew around for as long as we do. And that's why, you know, knock on wood, we've never um, had a death on our boat or nothing. You know, neither is Sig. So, um, because you know, we we try to keep the same guys around, but we're we're not we're not known for our social skills a lot of the time. You know, and uh, it's you know, you kind of got to get used to getting back into society when you're gone out on a boat for four months at a time, and then you're you know hanging out with only five guys, and you get back, and you got to get used to going 65 miles an hour on the street again. You know, you're like, holy mackerel, you've been doing 10 miles an hour for your four months. So, um, you know, just talking to people again is a challenge. But we have we've had some. You know, some pretty shady characters out there before. 
Well, and folks, this is uh, Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Band at Deadliest Catch fame. And, and Andy, you and Jonathan, we've only got a couple minutes here before break. You and, and Jonathan grew up in Alaska. That had to be a treat. Uh, I mean, holy cow, what do you do in Alaska growing up? You know, I mean, that that's the thing that I would trade nothing for the way I was. I always call it being like the Tom Sawyer of the ocean. And uh, we, my dad just cut us loose. He goes, here you go. He'd give us a skiff. We'd go across. We lived in Homer, Alaska, in Kachemak Bay. And if you ever Google Homer, Alaska, the Homer Spit, you'll see how gorgeous it is. There's seven glaciers all around this bay. We would take the skiff across the bay. and just uh, Like six, seven years old, we'd be camping. I don't know. Parents wouldn't have know where the heck we are, but, you know, <laughs> Oh man, always said I gave you every tool to kill yourself. You still couldn't do the job. So, <laughs> That's classic, man. Yeah, yeah. From, so we from, would eat, we would eat mussels and catch dungeness and sell them to the tourists. And we just we just lived. The, I mean, we fished. I, my, I caught my first fish at three. So wow. So so from a from a recreational standpoint, we have a lot of listeners that I mean, their dream is to go to Alaska and hunt or fish because i mean a lot of people say it's the last true frontier right uh is it still that way yeah it is you know there's still less than a million people there it's it's so brutal of a you know of the wilderness there's just you know people just they either love it or they hate it and uh there's still a lot of i mean there's it's so untouched um and you can go out and catch grayling and and the, the cool thing about fishing in the summertime in alaska is the sun never goes down and you're out on the river at 4 o'clock in the morning going, yeah, it's probably 8 o'clock, and it's 4 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. And then the sun's already, you know, it just barely touches the horizon, and it's just right back up. So um, that's the coolest thing. And, you know, you, have, you still have that chance to catch that 97-pound king salmon, you know. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Folks, we're talking with Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit, deadliest catch fame. And, and when we come back, and he won't talk a little hunting with you because uh, – you're a hunter, and heck, oh, uh, yeah. you, you've got a farm in, what, Indiana now? I'm actually sold that. i got a place up in uh, northern uh, Arizona. Ah. Oh, mm. Elk country and big yeah. mule deer country. Oh, yeah. Biggest elk in the world, I, I heard. Ah. So we'll talk more with Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit, deadliest catch fame, when we come back with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things, from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby. It's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. 
Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And we're back, and we're all here, all three amigos here hosting the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And our special guest today is Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit Boat, which everybody should know if they watch the Deadliest Catch on Discovery Channel. And, Andy, uh, watching some of the footage, I mean, you, you, you talk about 40-foot seas in the Bering Sea. How big can the Bering Sea really get? You know, the, the biggest seas I've ever been in is uh, they were about um, 60 to 80-foot seas. Wow. All day long, and uh, I got hit by a rogue wave that was a 100-footer, and it, I thought it was going to kill me. I actually looked at it and said, so this is what it's like to die. Wow. And uh, it went all around our windows and about blew out every window that I had there. But, uh, you know, thank God the old uh, baby was tough as hell, and uh, and we got through it. So, wow. I mean, the, the perfect storm, and obviously that's computer-enhanced photography, you actually see waves that huge out there that are that, that giant. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, thank God we don't see them all the time. And, uh, you know, usually we're out in 40 to 50-foot seas. Wow. Uh, that's usually what we see. And that's, uh, you know, when they start getting up to 60, that's when you get in, you know, real bad trouble. And you got to really watch it because it just, it's like a freight train coming at your boat. I mean, I've had my bow smashed in before with waves. So we've had to go to the shipyard and fix that, you know. It's just uh Mother Nature, you know, like they say, it's not nice to mess with Mother Nature. They ain't kidding. Yeah, uh, you know. Andy Kirk and I run run charters, and and there's times when, when we get caught in you know what we would consider bad seas. Obviously, we're running much smaller boats and stuff. And that knot that gets in your stomach, I mean, it, 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 and 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 I just can't imagine. Um, you know, I, I I worked on crew boats, you know, 130 foot crew boats over in the Gulf of Mexico, and we saw some 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 pretty big seas. I mean, to to be out there for that long, I mean. Do you see yourself continuing to do this for the next 10 years? I mean, dude, it's got to take, you know, years off of your life doing that. Yeah, you know, this is, this is my 31st year crab fishing. Yep. Um, you know, maybe 10 more years. Uh, we're, we're just trying to see who wants to really be on the boat. And I mean, that's the thing. It's like Eddie Wakelani right now. Is, he's been running our boat right now for salmon tendering where we get the fish from the smaller guys and take them to the canneries. And, 
you know, either you're on the boat or you're off the boat is what my old man always used to say. And uh, we're just kind of, you know, looking to see who really wants it bad enough. You know, John, like I said, John's got his son, but he's just kind of interested in crab fishing. So we just got to kind of see what's going on. So, yeah, we, um, they cost a lot more money to hire a captain, as you probably know, too, mm-hmm. just us running it. So um, we'll probably keep at it for a while, at least till we're off the show, and, and then see what happens. If, if you were in Homer, Alaska, and had a day off and wanted to go recreational fishing, what would you do? I would go uh, king salmon throwing and halibut fishing in the same same day. Now, how do you how do you uh, you know and and that's one of my things on the bucket list is to do that. How do you fish for king salmon? Uh, we usually troll. We have downriggers and uh, put out uh, you know uh, skirts and all that kind of stuff. And we usually have a sardine that we have you know put the toothpick through his, his eyes and put a hood on him. And man, I've, the biggest uh, king salmon I've caught is forty seven pounds. Ooh. But uh, you know, we call them, we and then we have winter kings. We can catch king salmon all year all year long. But in around uh, July, June and and in July is when the big boys are rolling in. Well, I know personally for me, you know, I, you know, I'll go out to dinner with my wife sometime, and and they'll Good have salmon on a menu. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kevin. <laughs> and, and you can tell we stick each other a little bit every yeah. once in a while, Andy. But oh yeah. But uh, I don't like East Coast salmon. But you give me a piece of fresh king salmon off the Pacific coast. Oh, son, that's some fine eating there. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, isn't it all farm fish off yeah. the uh, Atlantic? Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's nothing you can't raise the fish in a pen, right. And have it taste as good as that wild salmon and stuff. It's just, yeah, like you're saying when you when you when you, I've had the, the farm fish before and it's like it's like a mush. It is. It's and real mealy. Then you have yeah, and then you have the the real king. It's just flaky, beautiful pink meat. It's just amazing. So, so what's next? Uh, what do you see on the horizon for for you and your brother and the Time Bandit? You know, the show. Uh, obviously, you know, the book is out. The captain's tour is going on now. What do you see being next? Well, you know, it's it's crazy. I didn't see this happening six years ago. Uh, we shot a show called Hill Stranded, and uh, that's hopefully coming out um, on the last, uh, maybe on one of the last episodes of you know, right after Deadliest Catch. And that was pretty darn cool because we just went around and um, you know it was kind of silly while we went. We went looking for a myth in Alaska, and uh, you know we didn't find it, obviously. But uh, anyways, <laughs> Loch Ness monster, a, uh, something like that, maybe. Sasquatch. You gotta you wait to, and see. To tuned, but it's, I mean, just hanging out with John and having fun. It was like you know you talk about pranks there and stuff. But we just we just had a great time going around Alaska. We started out on our boat. And we ended up on Lake Iliamna, which is the seventh la- largest lake in the world. So. It's just, uh, you never know. I mean, that's what we're always up for adventure, and uh, that's what we seem to find here all the time. So. All right. So, so we can look forward to Hill Strand. And now, your, your time growing up in, in Homer, Alaska, and uh, spending so much time up in Homer, Alaska, did you ever do any hunting in Alaska? Oh, yeah. I started hunting at like uh, probably 14 years old with my old man. And so I've shot probably 25 trophy moose over the years. And we'd go deer hunting on the south end of Kodiak for uh, sick of blacktails. Um, you know, you name it. I've eaten porcupine, bear, shot black bear, and never really cared to shoot a brown bear that much. I just figured leave them alone. But uh, you know, we just we hunt, we fish, and we just you know every year my dad and me we'd go on a on a hunting thing, and that kind of was pretty cool because you know sometimes you can't talk to your old man, but when we went hunting, it was it was a different thing. So the uh, the the you talked about sick. Deer, black right? Deer. Black tail yeah. deer, yeah. I, from what I hear nowadays, when the gunshots go off, people have to hurry up and pack these deer out because the bears. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what they'll they'll get there. That's why we love you know fishing off the time bandit because we just take them to skip right out to the boat. <laughs> Usually, the guy the guy shoots the deer 
and then he goes and he tries to put it in his little camp and, and camp on the island, and uh, now you got a 10-foot brown bear that says, oh, good, dinner time. That'd be a little scary. Yeah, yeah I mean, that'd be scarier than uh, anything. I, I mean, I've come face-to-face with about a 9-footer, and it, it's not pretty. No, I can't, I can't imagine. I know we saw recently we've got a uh, email about a bear that had chewed through a power conduit. I don't know if you ever saw that on any of your emails. And this bear's paw in the, in the claws had to be every bit of eight inches long. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're they're amazing. I, I think uh, if you ever want to read a book about the uh, um, bears and stuff, it was called The Monarch of Dead Man's Bay. It's on the south end of Kodiak. And I think they said the bear was 12 to 14 feet tall. <sighs> so you got to check that book out. It's a, it's a good read. Have you had a chance to do a little hunting in Arizona yet since you relocated? You know, I've just plugged a few coyotes that tried to get my horses nice. and my uh, my dogs and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, when we built this house in Arizona, my wife wanted her dream house. So all I said was I want two balconies on the second story to where I can run out of each side and uh, shoot two coyotes or whatever. And then uh, <laughs> a wraparound porch down below. So, that sounds you know, like one of us. coyote's been shot by me. Well, nice. yeah, you've, you've got some uh, some outstanding mule deer hunting in that state, I've, I've mule deer hunted in Arizona. Holy cow, they got some big ones. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm always out fishing. Yeah, yeah, that's true, during the deer season. Yeah, that always kills me. They're going, yeah, you all want to go deer hunting and do all this stuff and elk hunting? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fishing, thanks. But, yeah. um, no, that's that's kind of what's, you know, like, say, what do you look forward to? And uh, you never know when the show's all over and, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe I get to go have that kind of fun hunting. Because I got, I got so many buddies wherever I go now. I got buddies in North Dakota that they said, you know, shoot whitetail and shoot pheasant and everything. So, well, a- a- Andy, thanks for spending the time with us today, and uh, uh, I hope that the captain's tour is a, is a big success because, uh, boy, we just seem to never get enough of the deadliest catch and, and watching what you guys do because we really uh, have great respect for what you guys do. Because I mean, holy cow, we just can't. I mean, every week we go, oh my god. Oh, I've I've taken on a whole new perspective of eating a piece of king crab now. Yeah, that's one really cool thing about the show. And, uh, you know, what, what we kind of like is we, we, we respect any guy that goes out on the water and makes a living or just goes out on the water because it doesn't matter if you're in a 12-foot boat, a 113-foot boat. You know, it's the water's dangerous. So, you know, we, we've we never been like these guys. Sometimes we hear the lobster guys going, oh, let's see these crabbers do that. It's like, why do you got to do that? It's like anybody who works on the water for a living deserves respect, and that's what we hope the show has brought back, you know, about how hard it is to catch these you know, critters for everybody to eat, and then uh, people appreciate it a lot more. So it makes us feel good, you know. Well, hopefully Noah and and all those folks there will get their stuff in line because they've been a, a royal pain in the rear end for us. Oh, yeah, we know all about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Andy, very much for spending the time. All right, guys, thanks a lot. See thank you, Captain you. Andy. And that's uh, Captain Andy yeah. Hillstrand of the Time Bandit. If you want to find out more about what they've got coming up in their summer tour, go to timebandit.tv. And you can see them every Tuesday night uh, at 9 o'clock. The new episode of Deadly's Catch comes out. And then at 10 o'clock, it's after the catch. And then I'm looking forward to seeing what this new show, Hill Stranded, Hill Stranded. is yeah. going to be Go, all about. Trying to find a myth. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There's Sasquatch. a lot of myths to look for in Alaska, especially <laughs> when it comes to Jonathan. He's a trip <laughs> oh, now. Man. The Hill Strands, Deadliest Catch Time Man. We'll come back after this break and kind of wrap things up right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. 
You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back, praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older. As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. Back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And we're back with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And a big thank you to Andy Hillstrand, Captain Andy Hillstrand of the Time Bandit. If you uh, go to timebandit.tv, you can learn more about Andy and his brother Jonathan and their brother Neil. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have really enjoyed the seventh season of Deadliest Catch. And I'm an outdoorsman, uh, love to hunt, love to fish, and I'm just amazed at what I see every week with that television show and the conditions they work in. I love watching how they work the boat and how they catch fish and crab. It, it, to me, it is. It's like a soap opera. Yeah, and, and I think that um, it just just like Andy was talking about, the perspective that they that they have this year with, with the boat, with right. the chase boat, and, and really being able to see these 40 to 60-foot waves that they talk about, Jeff, and, and, and these huge boats that are their, their bows are going underneath the water. And 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 how you know the the water that's going on the deck, how these guys stay on these boats, uh, it's amazing. It, it, it is amazing. You how know? they can walk, yeah, stand, I, yeah, anything. Yeah. Well, not only that, just just like he was saying, the fact that you know, and the respect that he had for all people that work in the ocean, in the outdoors, and how difficult of a challenge it is, and how dangerous it truly is. Well, he's the most level-headed one of all. Well, and it's very obvious Australia. that he has a lot of yeah. a, a lot of regard and respect for. All the crews working all the boats, whether it's the Cornelia Marie or the Northwestern, and the difficulty that they place themselves in every time. I mean, you see those guys pounding, you know, tons of ice off a boat in 40-something degree water? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, you, you and I talk about it. 30, I mean, 38 know. degrees yeah. is typically Un- what the Bering Sea is. Unbelievable. Five minutes to live if you fall in yeah. with nothing. 
you know, no survival suit. With a survival suit, you get a little bit of time. But, I mean, that that's amazing. Hey, the, the reason we talked to them is that they have a captain's tour going on right now throughout the summer. And I'm looking at some of the dates here. Uh, they're in uh, starting up in July. They're in California, then Colorado, Washington, even Australia. Uh, holy cow. Austin, Texas, Massachusetts. So check out timebandit.tv to find the location for your closest night with the captains or captains tour 2011 next week next we're going to have the lead singer of rascal flats gary lavox yes otherwise known as the voice and he if you guys folks if you haven't seen him on the outdoor channel a huge deer hunter a diehard deer hunter and bow we gotta, hunter yeah, yeah big, he grew up bow hunting yeah. killed his first deer at age 13, 13 yep. with a bow and it was it it's it's going to be fun talking to him because uh, he he is a guy who is eat up with deer hunting. And if you ever look at his tour schedule, you'll understand what I'm talking about because their tour date, which is Flats Fest, uh-huh. ends on September 18th. Boy, isn't that convenient for bow season? <laughs> yep, yep. What is he doing in October, November? Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk to him next week. We'll talk to him next week. And uh, thank you to Captain Andy. And, man, I just can't get enough of Deadly's Catch. I wish it were year-round. Yeah. You know, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, but now we're going to have the Hill Stranded show coming up. Yeah. Well, you can always watch the reruns like I do. Yeah. You know? Just Hope you enjoyed it, time. folks. Uh, here the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, kind of off the beaten path there. But, man, sometimes it's good to go off the beaten path and really appreciate what other people do. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to everybody same time, same place next week right here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.